The reading is from John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into your side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet and yet have believed. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Joe. So firstly, it's great to see you. Hopefully you can hear me clearly. And yeah. Um, It takes getting used to all this changing, so bear with me. It's different choreography. That's how I think of all our moving about, of our furniture. So Joe's just brought us that reading. And, yeah, we're going to think more about Thomas. But before we get there, I just wanted to recognize the fact that it is great to have this opportunity to meet together in the building, and also for those who are joining us online, we're glad that you're with us. Um, We're coming towards the end of the school year, which maybe if you have kids in school, you're kind of looking forward to uh, the summer holidays. And I'm sure even if you don't have kids in school, you've picked up on the fact that this has been quite an intense year for teachers, for all the staff in schools, for kids and young people. So just praying that this summer will be an opportunity for all of them, all of us, to get a bit of rest and recovery. But I do wonder if you can remember what your first day in year seven felt like. Now, for some of you, I'm thinking perhaps there are some joining online, for some of you and perhaps some here, maybe it's not too hard to remember because actually it was last September or quite recent. Now, for some of us, and I include myself, year seven is that long ago that it wasn't even called year seven back then. It was just the first year of high school or the first year of secondary school. But I do remember, I'll call it year seven just to keep it simple. On my first day in year seven, I do remember feeling excited, right? Year six is finished, I'm in big school. And then I also remember feeling suddenly very little again because being in big school actually means being 
the youngest in the school again. Now, for myself, and for probably a lot of us here, that kind of mixed feelings was made a bit easier by the fact that I wasn't just by myself. Um, I'd gone to my big school, secondary school, with friends from my primary school. But I do remember a little boy, I'll call him Max for the sake of today. Max had a bit of a different experience on his first day in year seven. Because you see, Max had actually moved into the area from somewhere else, so he didn't know anybody at all in the school. And on top of that, he started school, his first day in year seven was a week or two later than the rest of us. So on that first day, on Max's first day in year seven, he cried. Now, as it happens, Max did go on to make friends and he settled in pretty well. But for some reason, that story of how Max cried on the first day in year seven always stuck with him throughout his time in, in our school. It's as though people couldn't change the label for him. So he became known as Max, the one who cried on his first day at school. And I just wonder if that's ever happened to you. Maybe that one time, that one time that you were late for work or late meet meeting up with your friends, did you become known as, and you can put your own name in here, but maybe you became known as Folushaw, Freddie. You didn't become known as Folushaw, I know that. Folushaw, Freddie, Tyrese, Tina, whatever your name is, the one who's always late. Or it might have been for a different reason, but somehow the label stuck, even though that thing had only been part of your story. Well, I can't help thinking that maybe something like that has happened with the disciple Thomas, who we met in the reading that Joe brought us. You probably know how to complete this expression. Don't be such a doubting... Yeah, a doubting Thomas. In our minds, those two words just seem to go together. But did you know that Thomas is also recognized as being the first to confess to proclaim Jesus as God, my Lord and my God. I think in some parts of the world, believers actually know him more as Thomas the Confessor rather than doubting Thomas. So the short passage that was read to us, it helps us to understand, though, how he came to be associated with doubt, how he got that nickname. <clears throat> And it's interesting to note, though, but in John's Gospel, on at least two occasions, actually, Thomas is identified as the twin. It's the fact that he's a twin that's used to identify him, not his doubting. And to be fair to Thomas, a lot has happened, and he's not alone amongst the disciples in being confused and having, about having followed Jesus, learning from him, only for Jesus to, to then be killed. So, and it's worth remembering that Thomas had not that long ago, he'd been ready to follow Jesus back to Judea where he faced almost certain death. And then the reality came of Jesus being put to death. And then next thing we know, Mary Magdalene 
is coming with the news that she's been to the tomb and his body's not there. And then she's telling the other disciples that Jesus is risen. And now the other disciples are saying that while they were locked away in a house for fear, in fear of their lives, Jesus appeared amongst them and spoke to them. And, and so... And he showed them also his hands and his side. So Thomas is hearing all of this. And maybe it was just a bit much for him. Because if you recall from that reading we just heard, Thomas wasn't with the other disciples when, when Jesus first appeared to them. Now maybe if Thomas had been with the other disciples that first time, maybe if he'd been there when Jesus appeared, spoke to them, and offered to show them his side and his hands, maybe Thomas would have announced then, confessed, proclaimed, my Lord and my God. But the point is, Thomas wasn't there with them then. Now, I can't help wondering, I wonder where Thomas was. You know, what might he have been doing what might have been thinking or feeling that he wasn't actually locked in the house with the rest of them at that particular moment. And I have to say, I just have to wonder because John's Gospel and the other Gospels don't really give us any particular details as to why Thomas wasn't there. But instead, we just have this account of how he found it hard to just take the other disciples' word for it. He wanted to see for himself. So maybe you're wondering, how does this story, Thomas's seeing is believing approach to faith in Jesus, how does that help us? Well, the clue is a little bit further on in the chapter. You see, in chapter 20, verses 30 to 31, we get this statement. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. I'm not sure, maybe, I just want that to sink with you again, sink in a bit. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. You see, Thomas's story is still included here as a story of belief, of faith that journeys via doubt. And it's doubt that's acknowledged by and responded to by Jesus in a way that draws Thomas into proclaiming, confessing, my Lord and my God. And maybe it struck you, I'm pretty sure that it struck Thomas, that even though, even though he hadn't seen Jesus before this point in this passage... Jesus somehow knew what he'd said. 
Jesus knew that Thomas had said, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. So Jesus knows that and then willingly provides the confirmation that Thomas needed. He invites him to do just that, to see and feel those marks. And with this encouragement, exhortation, do not doubt, but believe. Now, for those of us who are disciples of Jesus today, we're also living proof of what Jesus also told Thomas. He did add, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. But I'm hoping you're noticing it is indeed also those different stories of belief recorded in the scriptures, including the one about Thomas that results in his confession of my Lord and my God. It's those stories, including Thomas's, that have enabled those of us who haven't seen Jesus face to face to come to believe and have life in his name. And maybe Thomas's experience helps us to, to see that faith can journey via doubt and that Jesus knows us completely and is able to handle that and that Jesus wants us too to believe and have life in his name. So I'm hoping that maybe we won't just think of Thomas as doubting Thomas, but Thomas who confessed, who professed, proclaimed Jesus as my Lord and my God. And I know we often, we refer to this church, we are top church, but we're also known as St. Thomas and St. Luke's. St. Thomas is one of our saints. And actually, if you're attentive to the church calendar, you might have noticed that yesterday was St. Thomas Day. So I want to close this message with the gathering prayer that was for St. Thomas Day. So let's pray. Almighty and eternal God, who for the firmer foundation of our faith allowed your holy apostle Thomas to doubt the resurrection of your son till word and sight convinced him, grant to us who have not seen that we also may believe and so confess Christ as our Lord and our God, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.